listeners, this is the Spotlight on Grace podcast, where we're focusing on what's happening at Grace Church and how God's grace is making a difference in our lives. I'm your host, Burr Bolton, and Pastor Tanya's here co-hosting. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. I hope this, everybody had a great Christmas. And I know. It's the first podcast that we'll be dropping in 2023. It's true. It's season three, and this is episode 11. Yeah, we have some special guests today. We do. Two special guests, and this is going to be a two-part, mm-hmm. little two-parter here. It may become a three-parter. Well, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. We are talking to two pastors, and so sometimes that happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there's actually another guest. Oh, yes, it may be a three-parter. Okay, I thought you meant that they were going to talk and talk and talk. That could happen, too. It sometimes happens that way. Yeah. It's okay. They've got good things to say, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. Okay, so here with us today, Tanya, you want to introduce them? Sure. So the first one is somebody we all know and love very well. Pastor Derek Norton is here. Yellow, and I just want to note that usually my sermons run short, so that is true. Yeah. We do it's all relative. It's, it's all, all relative. who yes. you're comparing yes. yourself yes. to, because I just to send that out there. I mean, even Pastor Jason's sermons are shorter than some people we know in the <laughs> past. <laughs> yeah, but when Derek preaches, children's ministry goes into a panic. Like That's we're true. not going to finish That's all of the activities. Glue, glue, and cut faster, please. <laughs> But it's good because he always gets to his point. That's right. He nails it, and it's good stuff every time. Actually, Derek, why don't you introduce Pastor Jonathan for us? All right, and our other guest is uh, Pastor Jonathan Glover from Franklin Community. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know that I'll be as short as uh, Pastor Derek. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's a okay. So we asked these guys to come in today because in October, Pastor Derek led the men's retreat, and what was it called this year? Uh, It was called. Lead the charge, same as last year. Okay, so uh, that's your ongoing theme. Yeah, that's an ongoing theme for the men's retreat. Uh, but throughout the year, I try to have a different theme. And so the theme for that throughout this year, or 2022, was awakening. Okay. So that's uh, that's kind of what the conference revolved around. Great. So that's what they're going to be talking about with us. And yeah. it actually worked out that, that we would be dropping these at the beginning of the year, because I think they're going to be a great start to the new year and with the church being on the journey through the Bible as right. well. So um, we're going to Pastor Derek's going to take the lead on this one, and then we'll John, Pastor Jonathan will chime in. You guys know that Burr and I are likely to ask questions <laughs> or chime true. in. So. That's very true. Maybe uh, even take over, potentially. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. You never know. So we thought from the retreat, I just think that since we have this resource of this podcast right. equipment, um, when we have events like this, just like we did with the launch retreat, to me, it just makes sense to get these things recorded so that everybody can hear what happened because not Absolutely. everybody made it to the men's retreat. We women weren't even invited. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, one of the things I was going to ask, Derek. So I know that you and Jonathan are going to talk about what you talked about at the men's retreat, but are these things that only would apply to men or do you feel like they also apply to women? No, they for sure they apply to women. They they are global spiritual matters that we talk about. Uh, we just happen to be talking about them with men because yeah. okay. I'm the men's I lead the men's you know, right. ministry. So. Yeah, and so there might be some specifics to men, but overall overarching yeah. would be something that could apply to women for sure. Okay, so listeners, if you're a woman, you don't have to turn off. You can listen. <laughs> Something's going to apply to you. I promise. Absolutely, yep. for sure, for sure. So, Pastor Derek, take it away and lead on. All right. Uh, so at the uh, men's retreat this year, uh, I wanted to talk about the need for personal awakening, awakening and awakening inside the church. Uh, and so I, I kind of planned to read my scripture that I read uh, for the retreat. Uh, all right. And the passage comes from Ezekiel 37 uh, verses 1 through 14. And it says, uh, the hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. 
and he caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were a great many bones in the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, you alone know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you will come to life, and I will put sinew on you and make flesh grow back up on you and cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied and, and commanded, as I, pro- as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the, bone, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and behold, sinew came on them, and flesh grew on them, and skin covered them. There was, uh, there was no, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, and they will come to life. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood to their feet an exceedingly great army. And so that's kind of where I want to pick up from and, and talk about the, the personal aspect of, of awakening. Uh, and so it starts off with uh, the hand of the Lord was upon him, and, and he was taken to this valley of bones. <clears throat> and, that's, and this is kind of where we kind of, I talked about in, in the retreat where we stand like looking at, into a sunrise. I gave an example of a sunrise. You know, the sun's coming up. You get all these colors, beautiful imagery of colors, but there's still darkness. There's these grays, and you may not be able to see, obviously, as clearly as you could with the, with the sun directly overhead. And so uh, that's kind of where we live. We live in this in-between where Jesus has come. He's paid for our sins, but yet his kingdom is not fully established here. And so we kind of live in this sunrise area where these grays kind of mix in, and it's not easy for us to see. And so, uh, but then I talked about, um, you know, these grays, like, for example, when you turn a light switch off in your house, your eyes adjust. You get used to it. And so we get used to this living in this in-between period where there's these grays and darkness, and we just see it as normal, right. and we just see it as that's mm. the way life is. And, and God here is calling us to awaken to the fact that his kingdom isn't fully established yet. We still have work to do. Amen. We have things to do on this, on this planet, and uh, he's calling us out of it. He wants us to, to wake up and, and see those, those realities. Um. <clears throat> questions it's good it's good stuff um i think it's so true and actually was talking to somebody this past weekend who's from from a more reformed tradition and we were just talking about different things that our kids may be exposed to in the world or on tv or watching movies you know or whatever and the person basically said kind of like i guess i guess they're they're to it's okay that they're going to be exposed to these things because we live in a fallen world, mm-hmm. which I know to be true, but I think it's different because we have, I have a mindset of, I want to try to avoid, I know that I know these things exist in the world, but I want to try to live a different life than that because I want to live a life of the kingdom right. where mm-hmm. the kingdom is not fully here, but Jesus has initiated the kingdom and mm-hmm. I want to live as if the kingdom were here. So I don't, 
want to expose my children to, you know, to the fallenness if I can help it. Now, right. I, I have to teach them to live in the world, obviously, but what I'm striving for is not just succumbing to we live in a fallen world, right. but living as if the kingdom were fully here and mm-hmm. working toward that. So I think it's interesting. It's, it was so interesting to me and something I've thought of to imagine, like just, just the beginning of your your perspective and your frame of mind where you start and how you look at things mm-hmm. determines the choices that you make and right. you know yep. where you go and what you do and yeah because it's so easy to just say well we're in a fallen world we might as well just accept it and we might you're just going to live this way right. yeah and so that kind of goes back to where god asks him can these bones live and that's the reality that we need to see you know because we we live with this mindset of, of it's a sinful world and I'm a human, so I'm going to sin, and that's just the way it's going to be. Right. Whereas God is calling us to so much more. Exactly. He's asking us, do you really believe that I can bring you to life? Yeah. You know, because in sin, we, we live in death. We live right. in darkness and death when we're sinning. And Christ offers us this transformation process where we can become light and right. life. And the only way we're, that's going to happen is if we believe God at his word that he can bring us to life. And so that's where that question comes from. Do you believe these bones can live? Do we believe that? Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's the most beautiful thing about uh, the Nazarene and the Wesleyan tradition about being sanctified because that calls us into a way of life that we're, we're not sinning every day all mm-hmm. the time, right? Yeah. So we're not just accepting that, well, we're in a fallen world. Yes, we are. But does that mean that we have to live in sin 24-7? No. Right. Because God is calling us out of that. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think that looks like in our world today, Derek? So to say, can these dry bones live? If we if we put that into, can we can we be awakened um, personally, corporately as the church? Like, what are some of the things that you imagine that looking like? I see. I see. Um, I see the Christian life. As I mean, I'm just going to say this because it's fresh in my mind because we've been doing the Death of the Rabbi series. Mm-hmm. It's it's counterculturalism, right? Yeah. It's you know we have there's so many things that call for our attention in life, and we chalk it up as normal. You know, yeah. this is just the way normal life is. But then Jesus calls us to live lives that are not normal (laughs) so that you know so i I would i see it as counterculturalism you know and and when people think it's normal to talk a certain way you know we should be talking differently we should be nothing but love and grace should be coming out of our mouth you know and truth and truth (laughs) and truth yes uh you know and the same thing um i think of the old um kids song you know oh be careful little eyes what you see you know (laughs) if if that applies to a child's life because we're afraid of what they're going to see is going to impact their soul, then it should be the same mentality for us. We have to be careful what we watch and what we listen to because it's going to impact our soul. And so it's just, I see it as a a way of living that reflects what you read about and what you proclaim to believe. Um, That's kind of how I, does that answer your question? Yeah. And I was going to say, what do you guys see as if the, if the kingdom is here and coming, what kind? What? How do you think the world will look different? What are we moving toward? Hopefully. Well, sorry. I didn't no, mean go this. ahead. Uh, to kind of play off of what you said, the countercultural thing. The more that our culture embraces sin, the more radical our lives are going to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
because the more that they embrace sin, the more that that becomes a part of the culture, the more that they're going to look at us as radical or extreme, uh, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think what he's saying goes right along with what I've said before on the podcast that I think um, America for a long time, it looked morally right and that that lined up with Christianity and now we tend to be, as a culture, shifting away from that. And so we will start to look weird and different because those two things are not synonymous anymore, like Christianity and the way that America kind of embraces morality. <clears throat> That's no longer. I feel like you know, older generations are used to that. Whether they were Christian or not, yeah. the, America still embraced somewhat of morality, and it's no longer doing that. And so I think we will start to look um, different and, like you said, radical. But I also think it's a good thing because you can't you can't toe the line and not be fully bought in either. Right. Like I think it brings you out into – really having to decide, am I all in or not? Because you can't just go through the motions um, and, and be culturally appropriate, but maybe not a fully a Christian anymore because now that's not the culturally appropriate way to be. Does any of that make sense? That and makes, yeah. and it sense. wouldn't be worth it. Like, right. <clears throat> like the, the Bible quiz team is doing the book of Acts this year, mm-hmm. you know, and you read, anytime you read the New Testament, but specifically in Acts when things are getting started, you see the persecution and you see right. that the church grew because of persecution and you see that it was hard to be a Christian. And one of the verses that caught the teen's attention was how the disciples had been, they had been flogged, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. then it says, and they rejoiced for being counted. I'm getting ready to cry <laughs> for being counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of jesus right. you know and the kids are going what like they it was a blessing mm-hmm. to be counted worthy for suffering you know i was like that that's what being a call to being a christian involves or could involve mm-hmm. and it hasn't maybe for the last 100 years in america but right. like we're definitely moving back to that yeah. um and so it is a lifestyle of holiness that's not just a list of rules but being different because I want to be as much like that rabbi mm-hmm. and the dust of that rabbi yeah. as I yeah. could possibly be. And Amen. how would Jesus respond? And he would forgive and he would love mm-hmm. and he would, you know, speak truth and he would show mercy. And he would, um, when when those aren't the things that are popular in the world today, there's lots of goodness. There's lots of philanthropy. Sure. We talked about that right. sometimes, you know, but to do it in Jesus name Amen. and to know that you might suffer because of that, um, I think is, is what, what's on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Absolutely. I mean, where where is Christianity growing today in our world? Where is it expanding? Yeah. It's in these countries where, where yeah. they're persecuted, mm-hmm. yes. right. where they have to mm-hmm. hide. Yeah. You know, and then you look at it here, where we've been we've been blessed so mm-hmm. much in this country, but Christianity has conformed to the culture, yeah. and it's and it's going away. It's drifting right. away. Right. Yeah. You know, and so this is why awakening is so important. Is because we we need to realize that. We need to get back to what Christianity is really all about, Amen. you know, and, and, and to live as we're called to, instead of just conforming, trying to conform and, and adhere to, to the cultures around us, you know. Don't you think some of it too is because we, we kind of take it for granted. Like we take some of the ability to just be able to right. go to worship or Absolutely. talk about it. Like we take it for granted. And so I think some of that starts to 
because we take it for granted, then we start to slip and slide in certain areas. And then we start to look more like the culture and less like Christ. And I don't know. It's just, you know, it seems like, I don't know, in the areas where we have more freedoms, you can get on a slippery slope, I feel like. uh, I've been doing online revivals in Pakistan and India. And the number one thing that has been convicting me the most is what we're talking about right now, the freedom that we have. And two weeks ago on Saturday, I was going to do a revival and and we did do it, but he was late an hour late, you know, calling me and he texted me and said that, uh, I'm having problem with the government. And he said, I'll tell you about it afterwards, but I'll be calling you in a few minutes. And so the police showed up and told him they were going to throw him in jail and Mm -hmm. stop him. And half of the people left, the other half stayed. And I said, well, so they didn't throw you in jail. So how did you know? He said, we just stood strong in the faith, brother. Mm-hmm. That was, and mm-hmm. you know, we don't deal with that. That's, yeah. I got right. goosebumps. Yeah. Just, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, I think it's a witness, a witness to people when you do stand firm. And I think it's a witness to people. And I think this is another way that we are awakened as the church, as the body of Christ takes care of the body of Christ. Amen. Because, you know, Jesus said, people know you're my disciples by how you love each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that we don't go out and love the world, but I think sometimes it's so easy to get our eyes on, I don't want to get in trouble, <laughs> air quotes, social justice, and mm-hmm. just trying to, like Pastor Jason talks about too, you, you say you everybody needs to be saved. Okay, mm-hmm. but who are the three people that you're praying for mm-hmm. and investing in their lives? And right. and I think that when the the church takes care of each other, then the as as we are a witness to the world, also mm-hmm. people will take notice and say, "I want some of that too," right. you know, because that that's yeah. what it'll be different. Like I don't have those people in my life who would have my back like that. Like that church family has each other's back. Right. Yeah. Um, I think all those pieces together mm-hmm. yeah for sure and um something that i'm i'm from my notes uh from when i did the retreat is you know we need to be careful that we don't see awakening in our lives and awakening in the church as some sort of spiritual self-improvement mm-hmm. you know it's not uh it's trying to adhere to some moral standard it is a relationship with god amen it is a relationship with the spirit yes. listening to the spirit letting him work in you personally it's right. not about uh you know oh so and so is doing that over there and i'm not mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a it is a listening to the spirit inside of you you know telling you to you know Hey, look at this part of your life. Let's let's work on it. Let's change it, and and that's what makes the us be the light in the world, Amen. right? Yeah. So when we go and talk to those people that are on our prayer list, they're going to say, "Hey, man, I, I've noticed this change in you. You don't. You seem to be having this better attitude here or mm-hmm. here, you know." And that's opportunities where you can be like, "Well, you know, Jesus really worked on me." Amen. You know? And yeah. then that gives them the idea of, "Man, maybe this maybe this God is for real," mm-hmm. because right. you know, and it. People don't re- really ever change in our world unless yeah. God has changed them. That's, That's true. Good. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The good best stuff. sermon we can ever preach is the way we live our life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's Very true. For sure. Good. What else you got, Derek? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, okay. Um, and then talk about uh, the need for the Spirit, right? And then and Jonathan's going to kind of move more into this in, in his talk, but uh, the need to, to listen to the Spirit. Uh, it says, uh, I looked, and behold, there was no uh, breath in them. 
and then God said to prophesy for the breath, and then they came to life. And so uh, the necessity of the Spirit in our lives and to listen to the Spirit and, uh, you know, that brings to question, are we... Are we taking the time in this busy, chaotic world to just listen to God? You know, because mm. the psalmist says the, that God is a still, small voice, and it's, you're not going to hear it in the busyness and the hustle and bustle of, of the life that we live today. And so are we taking the time to just seriously sit in silence, reflect on our actions and the things we say, the things we watch, and what is the Spirit telling us about those things and, and how is he calling us to change so that we can better reflect Christ and those that we come in contact with? Yeah. And I think that's a, why we have to be in the word, which I think is such a great value of the journey that Grace Church is doing. Mm. Um, because if, if I'm just reflecting on my life and my attitudes and mm-hmm. what I watch or what I'm exposed to or whatever, but I don't have a standard to hold it to, I don't, right. I mean, what am I evaluating? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, right. well, I'm better than he is. Right. Or this show's <laughs> yeah. not as bad as that show, or my attitude's not as terrible as his, or, you know, I'm a better boss than they are. You know what I'm saying? But like, no, none of those things are people, our experiences are our standard. Right. Our standard is the word of God. And out of that, the spirit speaks. Um, and what what you guys say to a, a new believer, or I think about even teenagers who maybe have grown up in the church, but their faith is growing and changing and becoming more abstract. And, you know, and, and I think children are like extra close to God. And you know what I'm saying? Even in their concrete way of thinking, but then as we become teenagers and we're wrestling to make, um, make our faith our own, like what would you say to someone about the actual logistics of how do I hear from God? Like, am I really just going to like, read a verse and then sit silently for three minutes and God's going to speak to me? Like what literal advice would you guys give to people about learning how to do that and how to hear or sense and what would you say? Practical stuff. Well, uh, okay. The first step is what you just talked about reading the Bible. Um, You know, God, God, it's God's word. So that's God's, Amen. wisdom for our lives. And so if you're reading the Bible, you're already taking the first step in hearing God uh, because you're into his word. Yeah. And so that's the first step. Uh, prayer is the second step. So so when you pray to God, that's your op- this is your opportunity to have that relational conversation with God. You've read his word. You know what he says. Okay, God, but this is what I'm dealing with. How does that apply to what I'm going through? And and so that's that's your that's your you know going back and forth. Your two way street with God is your prayer life, and then I would say third is your relationship with others and having those Christian relationships where you can walk through life with those other people, and God will speak yeah. through those relationships yeah. and allow them to allowed you to see where God's calling you, where God's moving, and how God's working in your life. That's kind of where I see how you hear God is through those three aspects. Yeah, what would you guys say? Man, if I was going to give a one, two, three, it would be that. What I would maybe just add to it is, like you were saying, am I going to sit for a few minutes and wait? Maybe not at the beginning, right? But, like, as you grow deeper with the Lord and you understand hearing him better, your prayer life will evolve into something that where you do sit and wait to hear Mm -hmm. him speak you know but maybe not in the very beginning like we're talking about but i think it does grow into that but yeah everything he said i mean god speaks through other people 
God speaks through his word for sure because, right, he is the bread of life and he is the word, the incarnate word. So if we're not eating the bread, we're malnourished, mm-hmm. right? We That's have right. to have it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I just agree with everything he said. Yeah, it's good. Right. I agree with him. I mean, but – I. I do want to say that I think it's the word is really super important Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes I can get in my mind that this is what the Lord's telling me, but it might contradict something that's in scripture. And Mm -hmm. so how would I know that unless I read the word? Um, But I think it's also good to have others around you that you can run it by and be like, Hey, I feel like the Lord's telling me this. And even if I don't know the scriptures that well, or am not as seasoned in it as someone else, Another believer could say, well, let's look at what God says about this. This might not mm-hmm. line up yeah. with what he's telling you to. Yeah. And then I think I think also we have to pay attention to like reoccurring themes mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've ever been dealing with something in your life and like the same whatever it is keeps coming up. You know, maybe it's patience or forgiveness or um, re- restoration of a relationship. But like, I mean, you see it and hear it everywhere. I mean, in the sermons and songs, even in secular things in the world, like right. the uh, same theme keeps popping up. And I think God does that because he knows that we're a little slow sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we need a little extra reminder. But I think pay attention to stuff like that. And I think if you're open and you're asking the Spirit to reveal it to you, um, it will start coming up like that. But I think definitely the basis has to be, his word and yes. and I think as you're reading spending time in scripture because I feel like for me um and I know this is not everybody because God speaks to all of us differently because of our personalities and stuff but for me it's it usually comes out of the word I'll read a passage that I've read a thousand times and something will highlight an area differently yeah. than it did the time before and I yeah. think that's very clearly the Holy Spirit illuminating things um, that God's wanting wanting me to get. So, yeah. and I think kind of going back to Jonathan's theme about being malnourished, um, I think we have to be careful if we if we really say that we want to walk with Jesus and know Him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important that we have a steady diet of the Amen. Word. Yes. Um, just be, you know, if I'm starving and I sit down and eat one time and I haven't eaten in a month, mm-hmm. that's not going to be healthy. I'm actually probably going to make myself sick, literally, right. in the physical. Um, and God is. God gives us what we need, and so I think for new believers or in a crisis situation, my Bible might sometimes just fall open to just the right verse at just the right time. But generally speaking, I feel like over the course of life, it's that steady diet of the Word Mm -hmm. and God speaking to me because maybe I read something last week that I need today. It may Mm -hmm. not hit today, you know, but Mm -hmm. as I'm I'm just faithful to meet with Him, He's certainly going to be faithful. And I think if we can encourage people to, to... do that it doesn't have to be an hour and a half of bible reading a day but just get <laughs> right. started and yeah. god will call you and draw mm-hmm. you and for sure um and use those things yeah um i i want to give just like a one minute testimony about reading the word because if you ever listen to me preach at all there will come a time in every sermon that i talk about what we're talking about right now because when i first uh was being drawn back to the lord out of just the life of you know, sin and debauchery. And I started reading the word. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't praying. I was doing nothing. I just, I just started reading the word and I started reading it daily. And within about two weeks, uh, one day I was sitting at work and my spirit was offended by somebody using vulgar language. And in that moment I realized I haven't been using vulgar language and it was all the word 
within two weeks, my language had changed, not because I was trying to change it, because I was seeking God, and his spirit was pushing that out. Within about a month, I was beginning to preach to people, just telling them about what I was reading in the Bible, you know, and these are, you know, I was working at a Methodist church. These were people who were probably pastors. They're like, yeah, I know, man, like, I I have a seminary degree, and I'm like, no, but you don't understand, and uh, so it, I really have a like what y'all are saying, the word is so important because it alone has the power to begin to transform you into the person that God wants you to be. Amen. That's right. Do you remember where you started reading the Bible when you first came back to the word? Romans, okay. not John. Okay, okay. which even, is okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the reason was, was because I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. So like I had started reading the Bible a million times in John. Uh-huh. So like, I, so I was like, all right, I know John by heart. Right, yeah. (laughs) Let me just try something else. And I got in Romans, and I had a study Bible, and so it was explaining what Paul was telling me. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And it just, it changed me. Yeah. Those notes at the bottom of your Bible pages are really helpful, people. Like, Absolutely. it's okay to use those. Yeah. Yeah. They explain a lot. Exactly. Good. Good. Well, that kind of is a good segue into the final point. And and that is, I didn't read this this uh, set of verses, but after the passages that I read, uh, God says, Son of man, these bones are the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about personal awakening is it's contagious. Amen. And so often I hear people say they want revival in the church and they want awakening in the church, but they want it in other people. Right. <laughs> awakening starts with yourself. Yes. And it's contagious. And so when you awaken yourself, you're going to awaken the church because it's, you're going to, that fire that people see in you is going to hit somebody else and it's going to hit somebody else and it just spreads from there. And so, um, while I would never, never say for somebody to stop praying for revival or awakening, seek it out in your own life. Amen. Seek it out in your own life, and you'll find your church awakening and reviving, and re- God will bring renewal, and it, and it, because it all starts with you. He prophesied because God told him to prophesy, and then the bones began to get skin, and then he prophesied to the breath, and then the breath came into him, and then they were alive. It started wow. with Ezekiel, that's good. And, it, and then it came to the house of Israel. So uh, that's kind of my final point. Like, if you want revival in the church, you yes. want awakening in the church— Look for it inside yourself first, right. and you'll find it. That's great. That's we are good. the church, yeah. yeah. Right. You're the only one who can change yourself anyway. I mean, mm. you're yeah. the only person you can change. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Well, and Derek, I so appreciate your leadership with the men of our church, um, just speaking these things, modeling these things to the guys. We've seen how um, the Wednesday night men's group has grown, and um, not just not just in the meeting, but in serving in the church and getting involved and I mean, we know there are statistics. I'm not going to try to throw out statistics, but, um, you know, there are statistics that when, when the dad truly does take the leadership spiritually in the home, what a difference that makes. And so thank you for leading the charge. Oh, you're you're welcome. welcome. You're doing exactly what God has called you to do. And mm-hmm. so we appreciate that. And we're yeah. seeing the fruit of that already in our church, I feel like. Yeah. Praise thank you. Lord. Thank you. I heard a similar stat of um, you can get a, a child to come to church or you can get a woman to come to church. But if you want to get the whole family in church, you get the man in church. Yeah. And Amen. so it's it's crucial um, to because men are leaders, yeah. you know, and, right. and, you know, that's if we ever if you're able to get Kirk on here, his conversation is great on that because yeah. he talks about 
our role as men mm-hmm. to lead others. And he talks about if you're following Christ, if you look behind you, you've got people following you. Yeah. You're a leader. You don't even realize it. So mm-hmm. he, that's a great conversation. I really hope he, he does yeah. his, uh, his podcast. We'll get him in here yeah. for sure, for sure. <laughs> awesome. We're going to wrap this one up so we can start all that's over right. again with that's Jonathan right. taking that's the lead. Right. So Woo. we'll go ahead and get ready to sign this mm-hmm. off. All right. Well, listeners, Second Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness.